This is Christian Book Blurb, brought to you by author and songwriter Matt McClary. Get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the lives of some of your favourite Christian authors. Hear about their books and faith. Also, why not check out my website, mattmcclary.com. Well, hello and welcome to the Christian Book Blurb, the podcast that aims to encourage you and help you to grow in your discipleship as we explore relevant, inspiring and often hard-hitting themes and messages as we meet some amazing Christian authors and learn about their books, their lives and their faith on this twice-monthly podcast. I'm your host, Matt McClary. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. And on today's show, we are going to be talking about singleness. We're going to be speaking with the author, Paul Halliday, about navigating singleness. So without further ado, let's welcome Paula. Hi, Paula. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good. Excited to be here. I love your accent. Whereabouts (laughs) in the world are you from? I'm from Northern Ireland. Excellent. Wow, (laughs) that was fantastic. Wonderful. So Northern Ireland, I'm not even going to try to to imitate it because my wife tells me every time I try and do an accent, I always, I always sound Indian for some reason, even when I'm I'm trying to do Scottish or something. So I'm pretty rubbish at accents, (laughs) to be honest, but yours is wonderful. You have written a book called Singled Out, Navigating Your Season of Singleness. And so I thought, what... You know, who else do I speak to about understanding what being a Christian and being single is all about other than you? Because I think, you know, you are um, wonderfully qualified to do that for us. So your book, Singled Out, deals with some very important and often painful themes to do with being an older single Christian. So what made you want to write the book in the first place? Well, truthfully, I never expected to write a book, let alone write a book about being single. Uh, First of all, because writing was never really my thing. I didn't grow up with that passion or desire to write a book. Um, So the fact that a book is out there now with my name on it, I do find hilarious. Um, But secondly, I just never expected to be single in my late 20s, early 30s, Um, I guess. Getting married was just that childhood dream that I and so many other people have. And to be fair, my life looked like it was heading that way um, until a seven-year relationship just unexpectedly ended and my life took a bit of a detour. And so it was after that breakup that I soon realised that the single life had its very specific struggles. And I definitely had struggles, Um, but it was in that journey that God started to teach me, instruct me, help me, change me. And it was during this journey with him that he started to gently prompt me to write stuff down just as a way of processing all my learning. And the more I started to write and the more I started to talk to others, the more I started to realize just how many other single people there are in church that were dealing with exactly the same things as I was. And then it was like a light bulb moment. I just knew that this book was more than just for me. Um, It was for other people too. And although, unashamedly, I did write it for me because I needed it. 
a hundred percent um because I'm the kind of person who needs to write stuff down in order to take it in and um, but now my heart is that it will help other people um as they navigate singleness maybe they're struggling or maybe they just want to make the most of that season and I really hope that the book would be of encouragement to them too mm. your your book is is written from the heart I mean there is there is a picture of a love heart on the front cover um but I must say the content is really from the heart, um, having read it. And yeah, you, you talked about um, some of the, the stuff that you found common to many Christian singles, mm-hmm. um, especially older Christian singles. Can you just give us a, an insight into one or two of these very general kind of common things that people can wrestle with? Yeah, I think for me, worrying about the future was a huge one. Like I jumped from being single today to being in a nursing home when I was 90 with absolutely no visitors very, very quickly. And it didn't take me long to get there at all. Um, I worried about the future a lot. And although I don't think it's wrong to think about the future, I have learned that we aren't designed to live there and we're designed to live in the here and now, but it's tricky when you're in the middle of that, how to navigate it. Um, Another one is comparison. Like, I do think that is just for single people in the church. I think just the world in general struggles with with that. Um, But I don't know about your experience in your church, but definitely in Northern Ireland, most Christian singles get married in their early 20s. And there has been a slight shift in that, maybe a little bit, um, but definitely most Christian singles I know were getting married in their early 20s. And so as I kind of missed that age bracket and I crept into the late 20s, early 30s, I felt as though here... I've missed the boat here. I'm left on the shelf. (laughs) And it is so easy to compare where you are in relation to where other people are. And I suppose it's also really easy to compare where you are with where you thought you would be Mm, at a certain age. Mm. It's a big one because I think we do have like a checklist of things that we expect to achieve in our lives. And it does seem to go in a specific order, like finish school, maybe go to university, get a job, find love, get married, have kids. And it's like this checklist that we all have. And when you're struggling to hit one of those, it can just be really difficult to manage. So especially about your checklist um, Mm -hmm. thing that you've just mentioned, um, Mm -hmm. that that is uh, something that we singles can wrestle with. What did God teach you about that how did he help you overcome that particular thing yeah well um he taught me lots but in relation to having your own set checklist I totally learned that God does not work in that way and that often we try to box them into these little areas that we will methodically work through in a specific order. But God simply cannot be boxed in like that. And often, although they may be our expectations, God has 
the ability to exceed those and do over and above what we would even expect for ourselves. And that may look completely different to what maybe the world would kind of deem as the order of things, or maybe in church we kind of have that order of things. He can just come in and take you on a journey that doesn't follow that pattern. And that's okay because that's God's okay. plans. Yeah. yeah. God's plans for you, for me, for everybody are the best for that individual. And it doesn't follow a set pattern. They, they're the best, even if they don't end up looking like what you think they should look like. A hundred percent. And that is such a difficult truth to come to terms with especially when you're holding so tight to something that you want. Um, it's, it's a difficult one to learn. I've found sure. that personally in, in, a, in a few different ways as well. Not necessarily through the singleness issue, but I mean, facing um, critical illness and sort of my life taking a different direction to, to where I thought it would. And yeah, so I can identify with that that lesson as well yeah. myself in just a slightly different way. But yes, it's definitely one I think God wants to teach us you know my way not your way yeah. <laughs> come with not me easy. my child <laughs> <laughs> not easy at all but when you do get some level of understanding to it it's quite freeing and you're free to just trust him with whatever step he has next even if it's not what you were expecting hmm. coming back to singleness it can often be a difficult subject to talk about especially in christian circles why why is it so tricky to talk about i know for some reason it's like the awkward turtle in the church i don't know whether you use that term um but nobody (laughs) really talks about it um and i don't think it's because people don't want to i think people either genuinely just don't understand the struggles that maybe come with it and so they avoid it um or people genuinely just don't know what to say or what advice to give. Um, And so people just don't know how to talk about it or talk about it in a healthy way. So then it's simply avoided. And I think, like most things, if it's not talked about easily from the platform, it's also harder to talk about it in private. And the church in general is good about talking, talking about struggles like sickness, mental health, addressing sin, even difficulties in relationships and marriage. But singleness, for some reason, comes in its very unique little category. And for people who aren't single, I've heard a lot of people say, oh, this is your best time. Enjoy it. But for people who are struggling, it can just seem less important or less difficult for some reason. You know, how do you talk to somebody somebody about the loss of a love life? when they're dealing with the loss of a loved one? Or how do you talk about the struggles in dating when somebody is struggling in debt? It just seems to be less significant or small in comparison. And so talking about it can be difficult. And then it just remains a silent issue, Mm. I think. Mm. So one of the things you mentioned earlier was, um, first of all, people not really understanding or knowing what it's like for um, a Christian single person. So I'd really recommend your book to those people who are listening. If you want some insight into what life is like as a single Christian um, and some of the struggles that they're facing, grab Paula's book. It's really insightful. Singled Out, 
navigating your season of singleness. But Paula, you also said that they may not know what to say. So let's pick up on that. First of all, let's let me ask you some of the some of the nightmare things that you've heard people say or have been said to you as as a single Christian. Um, what should people, you know, definitely don't say that or don't go there? Mm-hmm. I think I could write an entire book on that alone. <laughs> um, and dear love them, people are trying to be helpful. And it's but. never, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but. Um, so one of my all-time favorite ones is, it will happen when you least expect it. I mean, really, <laughs> believe me, <laughs> when breaks rolled into months and then years, my expectations certainly dwindled. And I got to the point where I thought, this is never going to happen. And so expectation was not the problem. It just wasn't happening. And I find we, and by that I mean people in general, we're really good at throwing out these like sentimental statements. Um, But what we actually need is truth. And that's what's better to remind people of. Yeah, I was going to ask you next, what are are some of the good things, helpful things people can say? Yeah, so instead of those like nice sentimental statements, instead remind people of truth. So instead of saying it'll happen when you least expect it, just reminding people, you know, your friend or whatever, that God knows every detail of your life and he can be so trusted to exceed, not just meet your expectations and reminding them that God's plan for them is good. You know, that is truth and you can really hold on to that. Mm. Um, a few other things that people have said to me, you know, oh, you're single. I think I know a guy. And... <laughs> The truth is that not all single people want to date and yeah. not all single people want to date that one other single person that you might know and <laughs> um, that you may not have anything else in common with other than the fact that you're a Christian. And I find instead of saying things like that, that it's much easier and better to find out where your friend is on their journey. You know, do they even want to date? what's important to them moving forward because knowing where they are in their journey means that you can pray for them better be a better support to them and yeah i just find that those things are are a lot more helpful Mm -hmm. thank you that is that is really helpful um do you think the church is rather obsessed with marriage Now, let me explain what I mean by this before I get all sorts of people emailing in. Um, I think marriage is good and important. Um, But what I mean by this is Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 8 that it's good to stay unmarried as he was. Um, But this doesn't seem to be emphasized very much in church. Rather, marriage is kind of more emphasized, even if not sort of overtly, um, sort of subconsciously that that sort of idea pervades somehow. Um, would you agree with this? Um, why do you think this is the case? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think the world in general, in which the church is obviously a part of, can place such a huge emphasis on marriage. Just because, as we've talked about, it, it's the norm. It seems to be the typical way of things. And... And so it's the timeline that most people will probably kind of fall into um, because we've seen it play out in the generations before. 
So naturally, it does become a focus. You are right, though, because I'm not sure I've ever heard a sermon on that passage in 1 Corinthians and how Paul says it is good to remain unmarried. And yes, there are so many positives to, um, to remaining unmarried, for sure. But I think the important thing to remember here is that Paul is not saying here that remaining unmarried is better than getting married. He is simply saying remaining unmarried is good. Yeah, one is enough. not superior or inferior to the other. To the other, yeah. Both are good, and like as you said, marriage is a God ordained institution. It is yeah. good. It is. Um, good. Yeah, I'm married. So Paul... It is good. <laughs> <laughs> um, Paul says, you know, remaining unmarried is good. So both are good. Yeah, but both I are think good. that yeah, the church needs to address singleness more. Absolutely. The church needs to address marriage more, yes, because I suppose the focus should always be encouraging Christians to live the life God has called them to, whatever yeah. that looks like, married and, or unmarried. And I suppose it even comes down to things like um, the way that church is structured or things that are done. I mean, I know somebody who who is an older um, Christian single, um, and they actually left the church that they were in because they felt that they were being squeezed out not by not by any 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 sort of anyone's fault but it was more the 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 system's fault i mean when they first started going there was a group for like 20 somethings so mm-hmm. she went along to that that was great but then you sort of reach a certain point where you can't go to the 20 somethings group anymore and the only other groups available are all men's groups, all women's groups, or married couples groups. And um, she kind of felt, well, I would like to get married one day, but I can't go to the married people's group because I'm not married. And I'm not, I'm not going to meet a man in an all ladies group. So I'm stuck. Yeah. And so yeah. she's kind of gone to a different church because the, the, the structure of that particular church kind of reached a point where it no longer fitted being a single Christian in the, in her situation. So, yeah. yeah. I totally relate to your friend. <laughs> you know, it's hard. I, I suppose the church doesn't necessarily have something that is specific for that demographic. And, yeah, it can feel like you're not part of anything then um, because you can't... You know, you don't seem to fit into any of the already existing organizations. And I know there are things out there and definitely there's more groups kind of coming up where Christian singles or, you know, older Christians can kind of meet people from other churches. There's definitely more of that coming, but there's still not an awful lot of that. And you will find that people will leave churches in pursuit of finding that sort of belonging um so i do completely see where your friend is coming from in that Mm, mm. here's here's a question for you um that's just kind of popped into my head what is your opinion on dating apps yeah i'm not gonna lie (laughs) i've (laughs) i've tried it myself um a few times um i think with everything there's good and there's bad to it um and i suppose the important thing for me is inviting God into your dating life. And there was times for me that going on to online dating was not what God wanted me to do in that time. 
because he wanted me to focus on other things or he just didn't want me to do that. Um, but then there's times where it's like, I'm inviting you into this here and giving it a go and that's okay. And I suppose that's the important thing, inviting, it's really weird to think of it, but inviting God into your dating life um, and helping you make decisions and all of that sort of stuff in that process. They do have real negatives. They can go to your head a lot <laughs> um, because you face rejection, all of that. You know, what's wrong with me if somebody doesn't want to meet or meet for a second time? There's all of that weighed up um, in online dating and stuff. And I think it's about being wise with it and learning how to make wise choices in that and how can I reflect Jesus in this you know things like ghosting you know like ignoring people and not having honest chats and stuff you know I don't think that's a good reflection of what good dating looks like mm. but it's a it's a tricky one there's not much out there and, and I suppose not just in in online dating but but in all things really but uh, some of the stuff you were saying, I was thinking, you know, if it was me doing that, I would really want to know my identity as who I am in Jesus. You know, yeah. Jesus loves me. Jesus accepts me. This is who I am in Christ. So if if other, you know, people are being mean or not replying or whatever it is, rather than focusing on on the rejection or whatever, it, you know, focus on well you know what okay they're not interested but i know that i'm loved i know 100%. that i'm worthy i know that i'm still worth yeah a hundred percent you need to know what god's saying about you yeah and you need to have a firm foundation on that because the world regardless of single or whatever yeah. the world will try to tell you contrary to that and I think dating apps is one way that can be used definitely to attack um, Christian singles, you know, with their like identity and things that you were saying there, you know, oh, you're not worthy enough or oh, you're not good enough for them or whatever. Those are the sorts of things that do surface. But when you know who you are in Jesus, you can kind of wade the lies away from the truth a little bit more easily. We'll be continuing our conversation with the author Paula Halliday about navigating um, singleness in just a moment. So stay tuned. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can help keep it on the web. All you've got to do is buy me a coffee. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash Matt McClary to make a donation. There is a link in this episode's show notes. So go on, buy me a coffee today and help this podcast to keep supporting Christian books and authors. Hello, welcome back to Christian Book Blurb. Just before we speak some more with the author, Paula Halliday, about navigating singleness, I just wanted to tell you about Hugh Osgood's new book. It's called, Is Kindness Killing the Church? And in it, Hugh argues that the church was never designed to be held together with polite optimism and hopes that a greater biblical awareness could help us uncover the true, robust unity Jesus spoke of. Is Kindness Killing the Church is now available from Hugh Osgood's website, hughosgood.com, and from wherever good books are sold. So do go and check it out. Right, Paula, something I wanted to ask you just before the break 
was um, what top tips can you give to someone listening who is single? What, what, what is your sort of go-to top tip advice for Christian singles? Do you know something? I wish I could sit down with every single single person and speak to them directly because uh, I learned so much in my journey that really helped me. But my, my first tip is pursue Jesus with all that you have got and you will not be disappointed. You know, there are things in this season of your life that God has in store for you and stop waiting to have all the ducks in a row or stop waiting to have a ring on that finger. Jump straight into it. It's an incredible adventure with him. And I do promise that he will lead you to really good places. Um, so that is my first thing. Pursue Jesus with everything that you've got. And secondly, you know, if a relationship is something that you desire and God has not specifically told you that to stop pursuing that right now, then you do have a part to play in it. It's okay to go on dates. It's okay to meet new people. Of course, waiting on God is good advice. It is the right advice, but too many people are passive waiters. And in that, I mean, we just are kind of waiting in our living rooms, hoping that the door is going to ring someday and it's going to be Mr. Right on the other side. And whilst I know this is not beyond God at all, he is so much more about relationship and inviting us into the equation. And so there's a big difference between being a passive waiter and an active waiter. And I would encourage people to be active waiters. Don't just sit around, wait for something to happen. Invite God into the next steps and see what he'll do. It may be something related to relationships. It may be something completely unrelated. But either way, it's not a season to be wasted at all. Mm, mm, that's great. That's great. Paula, one of the things we love to do on the Christian Book Blood podcast um, is obviously to hear the, the heart of of the author and to, to dig deep into the subject that they've written about, which is, which is what we've done. So thank you for that. But we also like to get to know who the person is. Mm -hmm. So what can you tell us about yourself? What do you do for fun? Have you got another job other than writing? Uh, yeah. What are your favorite things to eat? You know, all that Ooh. kind of stuff. Okay. Well, I am a speech and language therapist and I work full time with children. I wish I could write full time, but unfortunately <laughs> I'm not there yet. Um, but I do love my job um, and I work with children. Um, in terms of hobbies, um, is eating a hobby? Because <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love eating so much. Um, favorite things to eat? Well, flip. It's what do I not like to eat? It's probably okay. a shorter list. <laughs> Anything but fish. Okay. Um, yeah, I love because I like to eat. I like to be active just to keep it balanced. Um, so gym, play badminton as well. Um, and nothing better than a games night with your friends, family, uh, and stuff. What like kind that, so. of games night is it? Is oh. it more sort of the physical stuff like sort of ping pong or, or snooker or is it more sort of board games card games type i like both like my mom and dad they bought a table tennis table over lockdown and that's been a favorite in the family very competitive but do like board games you know you can't beat pictionary or charades or 
you know, very competitive, my family and friends, but <laughs> it's always a good, good fun. Who often wins? In, in families, it always tends to be sort of one person who kind of always wins all the games and then bears the butt of all the jokes. <laughs> I don't think there's one specific person. I think we all think we're winners, to be honest. Uh, okay. <laughs> so we're all cut from the same cloth. We all really want to win. Um, but yeah. Great, great. Uh, do, do you like watching anything? TV, hey. that kind of thing? Have you got any favourite shows? A good series, can't go wrong with that. Um, I'm a bit late to the series thing, so I'm catching up on ones that have been out for a very long time. So currently watching The Good Doctor and mm-hmm. Nashville. They're mm, like older Nashville. ones. I, I yeah. really enjoyed watching Nashville. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so I'm still making my way through those. So, But yeah, can't go wrong with a good series. Yeah, really good. Ah, Great. Well, we, we almost come to the end of our time. Um, but before we go, um, have you got anything coming up? You know, what what's next for you? Is, is it another book or, you know, mm-hmm. wh- where's where's God taking you next on, on your journey? Yeah. Um, well, I suppose since releasing the book, I've had lots of opportunities to speak at different events um, and things, which has been great. Um but my life did take a bit of a dramatic turn. Um, and so after the book was accepted for publication, I actually met my now husband and mm. we got married in a bit of a whirlwind last September. Um, so now I find myself in this brand new season and I'm kind of a beginner <laughs> and learning a whole lot of new stuff that comes with being in a relationship and being married and so nothing official yet in terms of books but I know myself and my husband we do have such a heart um for single people relationships dating all of that and now we're married who knows maybe there'll be a second edition to the book and I can Pour out all my learning, (laughs) 100% pour all my learning into into that, but nothing official yet, just just thoughts and and ideas um, for the future, yeah. Mm, That's great. And have you got websites and social media and all this kind of thing? Where can people either contact you or where can people find you online to buy a book? Yeah, and well, I have a writer's Instagram page, so it's Paula Halliday and I, um, and it's just a platform for me to kind of share what God's teaching me or something cool I've learned from the Bible or something like that. Um, so I love when people connect with me over that. Um, in terms of buying the book, I think it's in you know quite a few bookstores, Christian bookstores across the UK, and even further afield. I remember discovering that it was in Walmart, and I was like this is crazy <laughs> um but definitely places like faith mission other christian bookstores or yeah. online and even if it's not in the store people can order it in i'm yeah. sure from any bookshop um just ask for singled out navigating your season of singleness um by paula halliday and it's published by waverly abbey resources so um yeah they can they can still order one in even if it's not oh, sitting yeah. on a shelf yeah and amazon have it as well but you can get it on the yeah. waverly abbey website too yeah yeah, excellent. And for those listeners um, who are interested, we will be posting a link to Paula's um, 
website is it website or instagram instagram, page? instagram we'll be posting right. a link to instagram page on the show notes of this episode so that you can click over there and you can sort of chat with paula or, or find out what's going on with her in that way as well so well that just leaves you to say thank you thank you so much paula for sharing your heart with us sharing your your journey it's been excellent it's been fantastic thanks for having me and thank you as well for listening to this episode of Christian Book Blurb. Please come back again really soon. Don't forget that Christian Book Blurb comes out twice a month. So another episode will be online um, really, really soon where we will be chatting with another great Christian author about their books, their faith and their life. So we do hope to see you then. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Christian Book Blurb with your host, Matt McClary. Do give it a like, give it a share and let your friends know all about it. We do hope to see you again soon on another Christian Book Blurb.